All sorts of advice and anecdotes, hints and tips from my 30-year career, either side of the microphone. Hello, this is Peter Stewart with uh, Get A Better Broadcast podcast and Voice Over Voice. All sorts of uh, mic techniques and voice care tips to help you get just that. We're working our way through, aren't we? Our dictionary of voice. If this was a book, it would be the glossary section at the back where they explain all those difficult terms. So you can quickly go and look them up. Today we're doing an audio version. We're on to... P, P for Peter, P for podcasts as well, and also P for polyps too. Usually one vocal fold mass that grows off the surface and it can be hemorrhagic, in other words filled with blood. Sometimes it's not and it's usually due to voice misuse or overuse as well. We've spoken about this before, the coughing that you may have been doing, the shouting you may have been doing, the early mornings, the late nights, smoking is obviously bad, forgetting to warm up or warm down, not hydrating enough, too many grunts and groans when you're lifting weights at the gym, too many sudden outbursts when you're shouting at the kids or on the terraces, all sorts of things which can hurt your voice and cause a polyp. A pop links in with something that we were talking about yesterday and those plosives. When a plosive sound is too close to the microphone and causes that momentary distortion, you have a pop on the mic. You are popping, somebody might say, your studio engineer. And a pop guard, sometimes a pop screen or a pop shield or a pop stopper, a term which I rather like, is a fabric, foam, sometimes a metal shield between the mic and the mouth to help disperse those breath blasts from plosives and so reduce the likelihood of distorted sound, those pops being recorded. Post. What is post? Well, there's a couple of terminologies, uh, a couple of uh, uh, definitions. First of all, for post, it's the point at which a voice appears or the start of a sound or part of a sound for example, a specific drum beat in a bed. Hmm. Let's unpick that a little bit. Somebody may say, make sure you hit the post. So if I was a DJ, and I have been a DJ, then hitting the post is hitting the vocal. You've got some music and they start singing, say, 10 seconds into the piece of music. Hitting the post is hitting the or stopping talking a moment before they start singing on the recording. That would be hitting the post. So take out the singing and replace that. Have a bit of music where instead of the singing starting at that point, you've got a specific drum beat starting at that particular point instead. Again, hitting the post would be stopping talking just before that drum beat starts or a new refrain of music or a kind of um, chorus of that music or the main part of the theme of that music. Yeah, you're hitting the post. That is, you stop talking a beat before that drum or the change of tone or the change of volume or whatever it is comes in on that music bed. We've spoken about beds before. That is the piece of music which is played underneath another sound, usually your voice. Post-production is the final step in a recording process, including the editing and the mixing. So you may do various takes, which we spoke about a few days ago. You may do various takes and someone may say, mm, I'm not sure the, 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 the sound is quite right on that mic. 
I'm not quite sure you've hit the post on that and someone else may say, that's okay, we'll hit it, we'll fix it in post, in post-production. We'll play around with the voice, we'll turn some buttons, we'll turn some knobs, we'll use our buttons and faders and sliders and all sorts of things and we'll put it through a computer system and it'll sound much better when we have done that. Obviously it's much better, much less time-consuming if you don't fix it in post but you sort it out live in the main situation when you're recording it to begin with in the original yeah it's uh, easier to do that rather than to go back and fix lots of little twiddly bits later on sometimes it may be cheaper to do it later on if you've got a fantastically expensive vip actor in the studio and you're thinking oh it's not quite working we need to speed him up a little bit or we need to cut him down a little bit or the the sound isn't quite right then it may be cheaper for a couple of studio engineers to sort that out over the course of a couple of hours later on in post rather than keep that vip voiceover actor in the studio for another 20 minutes A predictive eye. Do you have a predictive eye? I like to think I do. It's the name given to the process of scanning ahead as you read to give your brain and your mouth pre-warning of what's coming up. Yeah, this is particularly useful when you're doing something like cold reading. Uh, Someone just gives you a script and you have to read it off. Uh, As soon as it's handed to you virtually, you just scan it. But the main thing with a predictive eye is as you're reading some words, your eye darts ahead to see what the other words are that are coming up in that sentence or maybe in the next sentence to see what you have to be prepared to say. So having that skill is very, very useful for a lot of people. I'm a newsreader. Uh, for the BBC and very often I have to use my predictive eye darting my eyes around a script to see where I'm going next what the difficult words are perhaps what I've got to get ready to pronounce where the end of a sentence is those kinds of things what the main point of that story is any uh, main word somebody's name a title a country something like that so I can intonate it correctly as well Pre-production, so we've had post-production, now pre-production is to mix or record a piece or an interview in advance of a live show, perhaps for technical or timing reasons. And this is very often done, for example, at the start of a new show where they've got some headlines going on or a uh, usually with a headline sequence at the start of a TV news programme. It can be quite tricky because they've got the music bed. We've spoken about beds before. They've got a headline sequence where the presenter reads a sentence. Then perhaps they've got a sound bite, something pre-recorded that they drop in. They may also have crossing over to a reporter in a field uh, at the location of where something has happened there may be two presenters in the studio there's quite a lot going on there in that first say 30 seconds of a tv news program so very often that might be pre-recorded because they don't want to mess that up if someone slips over a word later on in a news broadcast then so be it the whole thing is live but let's try and avoid that at the start of the show from happening in that 30 seconds because if one thing goes wrong it may have a domino effect it may have a knock-on effect with other elements of that sequence as well so that is what happens when somebody is talking about pre-producing something okay 
That's it. Hope you're genned up now. Tomorrow we move on to the letter R in our dictionary of voice. R, what have we got? We've got resonant cavities, we've got residuals, and we've got two definitions of rate as well. Tomorrow, as we come back on Get a Better Broadcast Podcast and Voice Over Voice. From London, I'm Peter Stewart. (laughs) 